written an article in the Harvard Business Review in the past, and it just talked about how companies are killing employee engagement by giving them tools that are inferior to what they use in their everyday lives. And if we're doing that, it just screams irrelevancy. It actually is important, but what's even more important that you're delivering it in a relevant way. Welcome to Business Owners Radio. Business Owners Radio, where established business owners get the latest insights, strategies, and practices to grow a sustainably profitable business. And now, taking care of business, your hosts, Craig Moen and Shai Gilad. Welcome to Business Owners Radio, Episode 113. Our guest today is Isaac Talpin. Isaac is an entrepreneur and leading human behavior expert who co-founded Conveyor.com. It's a business solution that has become the number one micro-learning platform for growing companies. His success comes from understanding the relationships between human behavior, business, and technology. Good morning, Isaac. Welcome to Business Owners Radio. Hey, great to be here. I'm so glad to talk to you guys today. Great to have you on board. And Isaac, you're involved with this field of micro-learning. Can you tell me a little bit more and how it evolved and how you got involved in it? Yeah, absolutely. You know, I've been an entrepreneur most of my life. And a while back, I was in direct sales and I had an organization through a couple states and 32 physical office locations and lots of different layers of leadership and people. And and I just really grew to understand human behavior and what's happening in the workplace and then built an e-learning agency and failed at that. If anybody can relate to failing one time or another, I, I'm with you. And I learned a ton from that, but we were building the production side, and it was a publishing model for influencers and top tier corporate trainers and so forth and building their corporate training for them to license into companies and things like that. And so when we were using that, the technology was just seemed so inferior, the LMSs and so forth, just way out of alignment with human behavior. And so therefore, my other business partner, Stephen Ryan, convey your com, which is micro learning and micro learning is is not less content but it's just a different way to deliver content isaac in what way did that first venture fail so it wasn't my first venture but it was a big one i mean not the hundreds of employees but it got up to 43 employees and a couple million in revenue and i funded it personally and the model just wasn't quite right i had some things that seemed obvious that would work and that flat out just didn't work, that these corporate trainers could get their license deals. And most of our revenue came from a 25% revenue share in all their sales and license deals of the courses. And that just didn't materialize. In hindsight, what was the missing piece of information that you had that maybe could have let you know sooner that that wasn't going to work that way? I think there's information and also my own stubbornness to persevere. I think people can probably relate to that as some <laughs> persevere and persevere and persevere. And you know what? That can be admirable in most cases, but some cases it can actually kill you. And that was a big lesson for me. And some of the indicators that I saw, but I felt like we could adjust and move was people weren't selling their courses. And we even started building a marketing team to help them sell them. And that just didn't work either. And unless people are intimately involved in the process of marketing of their own brand and information, it usually doesn't work very well. Yeah, it's awesome. That constant tension that so many of us feel, right? Where it's, you know, if, if we didn't have that stubbornness and that belief in what we were doing, there's no way we could get out of the bed every morning and push the peanut up the hill with our nose, right? right, right. Yeah, totally. <laughs> but, on the, but on the other hand, you know, the shadow of that is that 
sometimes it really can hold you back from connecting the dots that can really undermine what it is you're trying to do. Oh, yeah. It makes you not listen to people and lots of different things. I, I learned a lot from that and it was challenging. So what did you learn from that that you now have applied to this new venture with Conveyor? Well, I think being deep in the industry and just seeing the horrible retention rates, talking to Ivy League colleges and hearing how they get 25% of their students to complete courses that they pay full full price for, and just being deep in the space, talking to publishing companies. I just really realized, I'm like, wow, why are we settling for mediocrity in this industry? Why can't we build something that matches where human behavior is in YouTube world? and embrace the mobile device in a workplace versus tabooing it. You know, these kinds of things came to mind. And then Stephen Ryan and I were like, hey, if we built something from the ground up that aligned with where human behavior is today and where it's going, what would that look like? And so a lot of times these platforms are built for what HR needs first and what the corporation wants first. And we went straight to, well, who's the real customer here? The real customer is the end learner, whether they're purchasing it or not. They're asked to do it. You want to make sure that's an alignment with the culture you're creating corporately and the employee engagement you desperately want to boost. Otherwise, most things out there are the antithesis of those very things we care most about. And Isaac, in training team members and the staff, what are you finding the great differences between in the past, how we had major courses and so forth, and the micro-learning? What are the indicators of why micro-learning has such an effect? Well, just think about your own behavior, anybody listening. You know, how long do you stick with a YouTube video if you're trying to learn something? Pretty much until you got the piece you want, you bail on that video. How long are most YouTube videos? How long are most videos consumed on social media? And so if you're asking people to consume a 20-minute video or 10-minute video or an hour video, a whole series of videos, and it doesn't have the other psychological factors that attract people today of gamification and social learning, and we'll talk about the trust factor in a second, but if it doesn't have those aspects, then you're literally going to lose people. I mean, no one's going to go to a repository of content anymore and log into it and go on their own accord and learn from just long videos talking at them or things that only work on computers. I mean, 48% of millennials will only consume digital media on their phone. They will not go to a computer. Whereas maybe in the past, it didn't matter as much. I mean, anybody's going to do something you ask if they want their job, right? If you ask them to do a training program on a PC and you know long videos, you can have them do it. But it doesn't mean they're not grinding their teeth all the while. The other problem is it doesn't mean they're going to implement anything. They might be letting it run, it might not be really penetrating their mind in a way that they're actually going to take action on things. And if you're just doing it for compliance reasons, I get it. But why not do something? We spent all this money on our cultures and leadership and training and you know, live training and all these things. Why wouldn't we care about every single point that we put in front of them to drive our employee engagement and culture? And literally today, you can use microlearning. It's one of the best things to actually be rocket fuel to your organizational culture and employee engagement. And I think that people are waking up to that. So give me a visual in my mind of what is the experience of micro learning as a user? What are they going to see differently? You know, let me start with learner trust. And I think everybody will totally buy into this listening in is that people need to learn something valuable and it needs to complete. So they know that I can come back and I'll start right where I left off. And then I need to be recognized for it publicly all within five to seven minutes. And if you do it within five to seven minutes, you maintain what I call learner trust. 
if you go beyond that, you break learner trust. The reason this is so powerful is that when somebody's thinking in their mind, do I have five minutes right now? They're more likely to say yes than if they say, hey, do I have 10 minutes right now? 15, 20 minutes right now? Is my computer near me right now? And so all of that needs to happen. It needs to be delivered through mobile, but work on everything. And if you keep that, you keep people super, super engaged. So there's a few things that are really, really important. First of all, it's got to be beautiful on a mobile device. It's got to be built for mobile. That's what we expect today. And if it's not, if it's built for whatever software we're using, if it's built for PCs, but also works on mobile, you better make sure that's an amazing mobile experience. The other thing is just-in-time notifications are really, really important. If you send somebody to a library of content and tell them to log in, it becomes out of sight, out of mind, and they're not going to do it until just before they need it accomplished, then they're going to binge watch it and not really get it or implement it. So what's really important is that we've seen incredible results if you drip content out to them via a text message notification right to their mobile device. And then there's a learner link where there's no login. It remembers who they are. They hit it. They're right in. There's a new lesson. It's gamified. And that brings up another point, which is it can't just be videos talking at you. There has to be an interactive component. See, people want an experience today. They don't want just videos talking at them. People will come back to an experience. They'll bail on somebody talking at them. And so the videos themselves can be just educational and talking, but the software needs to make up for that and bring them to life with engagement by asking a question or letting them slide something, rating themselves one to 10 or doing a poll and immediately seeing results afterwards and then getting achievement currency. This brings in gamification, achievement currency that goes on a leaderboard. I can see instantaneously on my phone against my peers or just other people. It doesn't even matter if I know who they are. We've seen incredible results of people just wanting their name to be associated with greatness and move up on the leaderboard, even if there's no reward for it. So they said a lot really fast, but all of these components are essential to align with human behavior today. And where's the best ROI to initially start out implementing a micro learning environment? Where should I start as a business owner? I always like to tell people, like, look for the area that's going to help your business the most, but is the easiest to create. Like the content will be so easy to produce. And it's something I can measure. You know, I kind of know what the results were before. So now I can see what the results are after a few months of doing this. So some practical examples. If you have people out in the field, like drivers or salespeople or things like that, those people are not responding to email anymore. So that's just a great place for that too. Where are people not responding by email and where do they need to be trained? Another place though is onboarding new employees. You know, that's used a lot. And then, you know, just to really bring life to your live training. Let's say you have live training happening. Well, do reinforcement campaigns afterwards that reinstill the principles. I'll give you guys an example I think everybody will appreciate. And this turned into a case study with Marriott, Coke, and Capital One. As innovation speaker, Stephen Shapiro, New York Times bestselling author, he created a 30-day innovation challenge from his material. So he goes into Capital One, he gives a speech on how to create a more innovative workplace. Well, right afterwards, every single day, a one to two minute video with a gamified question where there's four options, one's right, three wrong, and they get different points based on how they answer it. It all happens within just a few minutes. But every day they get a text message for 30 days with a new piece of content and the leaderboard's growing with everybody on it right on their mobile devices. What was fascinating about this reinforcement campaign to the live training was at Capital One, 100% of that group of middle managers completed every single lesson. At Coke, I believe it was 77%. Marriott, it was 76%. And so 
we're seeing unheard of completion numbers. And you might be going, well, I don't know if that's that great. I mean, if we tell them to do it, they do it. Well, that's not the case here. These were made completely optional to do with those retention numbers. That's fascinating. So tuning the environment to today's society and today's, if you will, attention span and time management, they have smaller increments of time available. This is impressive. Yeah, sometimes we forget that basically that we are monkeys, you know, (laughs) and that we can respond really well to training if it's delivered in ways that are intuitive like that. I'm curious how you put this into practice with onboarding. This is a problem that comes up again and again as companies are trying to grow. It's almost like they don't realize they have this problem until all of a sudden they wake up one day and and just like you took on the journey in your last company, you know, now all of a sudden you wake up one morning, you have 30, 40, 50 employees and you can't figure out why people aren't on the same page. And you realize yeah. huge gaps in your onboarding and, oh my gosh, trying to tackle that from the beginning just seems impossible. So how can this help there? Well, you know, I'm sure everybody's read E-Myth, right? So it's kind of a staple book where you got to create processes. And if you ever go to a restaurant and you get bad service right away, what does that look like? You walk in and you, nobody greets you. There's no sign. And you don't know if you're supposed to sit down or wait for someone to guide you somewhere. And you're kind of sitting there and it's a little frustrating. Now, think about that times 10 as a new employee. It's a nerve-wracking experience, first of all, to get a new job. It's exciting. But if you don't know exactly how and what and how things work and what you should know and teed up to get the information you need, that can be very frustrating. And today, if you're going to retain employees, you have to be impressive with your process because process breeds security. And if new employees don't feel secure, they may already be thinking about other places to work. And so I think it's really important to have just a great onboarding experience. You know, it's cool to have their computer. They're going to use some swag from the company, maybe these kinds of things. You see people posting on LinkedIn a lot about, oh, here's my setup when I started a new job and it makes them feel at home and all those things. That wears off pretty fast, you know, after the first week. But if there's information they should know, but don't know, and all of a sudden they're in a meeting three weeks down the road, that can be kind of nerve wracking. That can be hard. And so why not make that experience easy? And how do you do that? Well, just to have somebody in your company outline the things people need to know and the timing they need to know, whiteboard it. And now you can create a drip fed experience based on the right timing of when they should know things, not to overwhelm them and to encourage them too. There could be a message from the CEO, welcoming them. Of course, I'm sure they did in person if it's a smaller company already, but sharing some of the philosophies, principles, core values of the company. Then there can be the practical how-tos. Here's how we do things and this and that and other thing, how to do their paperwork, you name it. What if all that was automated so the human beings could actually spend more time building connection and relationship? Yeah, that sounds fantastic. And, you know, I'm curious how this also moves on to this long-term sustainable learning where over time there's regression, right? So how can micro learning help us there? Yeah, you know, it's a great question. Let's talk about culture for a second. I know that's going to sound different, but it's actually has to do with this. Culture is hard to create the right organizational culture and it's hard to keep going. And the big failure business owners make is they do these initiatives to drive culture. And then those initiatives stop like it's an event or it's a meeting or it's a speech or something like that. But then it doesn't continue. And then it's just lip service. It doesn't really become part of the culture. The only way culture is created is because a never-ending 
pressure on a few of the right things. Never-ending communication about a few of the right things by not just the leader, but all the leaders. And it creates a culture that creates the social norms and ethos of the company, the things that aren't written, but drive people towards the right behavior in the moment of choosing the right thing to do versus the wrong thing to do, or choosing excellence versus just average. And I think that's really important. And so one of the ways that microlearning is so powerful is the production so easy. So because you can take just a quick video and bring it to life with microlearning so easy, the production costs so little, that now you can have an ongoing rhythm of training. And so if you're going to do things well and you want a learning culture, let's say, where people are hungry to constantly strive to do better at their jobs and learn more and excel and treat the company as their own and all these things, feed them. And how do you feed them? always have a couple lessons dripped out on a weekly basis to them that's relevant to their job and the company and what's going on. And that is so much easier now with microlearning. Learning can't be an event. If you make it an event, that event becomes expired. And once that event's expired, are you really driving a learning culture forward? It's very, very difficult. And the high production costs of traditional e-learning LMS systems and so forth is hard. Now on that topic though, a lot of times people have invested a lot of money already. So, you know, if you use the right software, you can stitch in microlearning to bring existing training to life too. Well, Isaac, thank you for joining us today and sharing your knowledge and insights. Oh, so great to be here. You guys are a lot of fun to talk to and I can tell uh, giving extreme value through this podcast. So I appreciate it. Well, thank you. And we really enjoyed our time with you and really great content and looking forward to chatting with you again. And is there anything else you'd like to share with our listeners? Uh, sure. No, first of all, just great to be here. If you want to play with a demo on your phone of microlearning, you can go to conveyour.com, C-O-N-V-E-Y-O-U-R.com. Uh, really quickly, it'll text you a link to your phone. You can play with it on your phone, just an example. Another thing I'm doing is that HR leaders, CEOs, company owners have found extremely valuable is a free webinar I'm doing. It's 30 minutes. It's called the Micro Learning Webinar. And I can give you a link to that. Sounds great. We'll make sure that's in the notes. Thank you so much, and you have a great day. Our guest today has been Isaac Tolpin, co-founder of Conveyor.com and leading expert in microlearning and its rapid growth in businesses worldwide. You can learn more about Isaac, as well as find links for the Conveyor website and sample course in our show notes at businessownersradio.com. This episode has been sponsored by Align for Business, provider of business consulting and executive coaching. That's Aligned, the number four, business.com. Thank you for joining us on Business Owners Radio. We hope you enjoyed today's show. As always, you can read more about each episode along with links and offers in the show notes on our website, businessownersradio.com. We want to hear your feedback. Please leave comments on this show or suggestions for upcoming episodes. Tell your fellow business owners about the show. And, of course, you would love the stars and comments on iTunes. Till next time, keep taking care of business.